Welcome everyone to the Coach Versus Fan Podcast. Delighted to have you all here. Uh, as always, I'm joined with Abel, uh, our fan on the podcast, uh, friend of mine off podcast, foe on the podcast. Uh, nice to have you here, Abel. How are you? I'm okay. And I like the way you phrased that. Friend of the podcast, nemesis, or foe on the podcast. Absolutely right, because I'm absolutely fuming from the game yesterday. But we're going to get into that. What are we talking about, my friend, today? What are we talking about? We'll be talking about uh, some of the big games that happened over the weekend. Um, specifically, oh, yeah. Manchester City, Liverpool, Spurs, or sorry, yeah, Spurs, Villa, and finally, the top-of-the-table clash in Syria, uh, Juve versus Enter. Uh, and, of course, as always, we'll finish off with a little bit of stat time. Um, stat we time! Love, we, we love a bit of stat time, don't we? Um, we be sure to subscribe it. on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Um, and, yeah, so let's get let's get right into it. Or is there anything you want to add? Before but before we, we do, do, are you proud of me that... Wait a minute, one second, one second. Are you proud of me? We're, we're, we're all on the major platforms of podcast platforms now. I want to hear it. It's going to mean a lot to me. We finally on Apple as well. Since Sorry, last what week. do you want to hear? That you're what proud you of me, buddy. Just, just say you're oh, proud yeah, of I'm, me. I'm, that I'm we're proud of you. Oh, it means the world. All right, let's go ahead into the football stuff. Nobody wants and to hear my... My fingers original. are not crossed right now. By the way. <laughs> okay. Toes as well. <laughs> right. All right. Um, okay, so, so, wait. Go ahead. Let's go into it because I have many things to say today. I have many things to say. Okay. Are you going to say them? Are you going to start saying something? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> All right. So, um, I was waiting for the intro. No, uh, just a quick word on the Newcastle Chelsea game. What an anticlimactic game. The scoreline does not represent how anticlimactic and I was expecting like a Premier League great game. Honestly, I was based on Chelsea's form. Newcastle just always a rampant team, and um, honestly, it was just uh, a bit slow, a bit messy. Yeah, there were some good. I mean, it wasn't a bad game. I'm not saying it was a bad game, but just not to the levels of even close to the games we're going to talk about today. And I and, and and to be very transparent to our audience, right? We initially thought about putting Newcastle Chelsea into the the um, the, the structure of the podcast, right? Into the content of the podcast. And then when we saw it, we we're like, yeah, probably maybe Spurs Villa might might tip this game. So yeah, just a little word that a um, little anticlimactic for me personally. Um but yeah, just also quick word on Eddie Howe. Injuries aside, what a team he's built. Eddie Howe's a great manager. I always knew it. Anyway. Yeah. That's definitely, it. That's my credit little... to, definitely credit to Eddie Howe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Newcastle just, you keep thinking like, oh, they're going to drop off. They're going to drop off. Like, you know, have they had yep. their sort of, um, you know, I don't know, honeymoon phase or whatever with the, uh, with the new just energy surrounding the club, but they just seem to be just stay there. And uh, and they have like, yep. such a tough run of games coming up as well because they had Chelsea, then they've got PSG midweek uh, in Paris, oh, I wow. believe. In Paris, I believe. And then next Saturday yes. they, play, they play United next Saturday, and then I think they've got I think they've got more of the top six in the next like the next couple of weeks. So they've got a really tough run of games. But yeah, they just I mean you just expect them to just to drop off and they don't. So yeah, huge. They grind the long run. I mean, honestly, huge. Yeah. Anyhow, and to and to, and to the to the to the players as well. Just uh, I mean, just really well done. Just impressive. Like, and I and you know, it's and it's nice. Player. It's nice to see that. Yeah, and Joe Linton, man. I was well, I was actually walking yesterday, and I was thinking I was thinking about the game or on Saturday. I can't. Yeah, Saturday. I was walking on Saturday after the game, going going to buy some food, and um, I just think Joe Linton. He's you know he's like a. Uh, a Sissoko 2.0 remember he used to be a wide player Sissoko and then Pochettino moved him into central midfield and he became like this just mainstay of the, that Tottenham squad just destroyer Joe Lint is not a destroyer obviously but um, what a move that is by how what a player he's become as well um, yeah, yeah incredible uh, honestly respect to Eddie Howe but it, that, that just a little comment to start off but let's go into the the big hitters the creme de yeah. la creme of the Premier League. 
So we had City Liverpool in the early kickoff Saturday. Um, yep. I mean, yeah, just like huge game, obviously. Um, and Liverpool, who, you know, weren't nobody knew what to expect from them this season, really. But they're just straight back, sort of to top form, sort of um, compared to last season. Uh, so you know, huge, huge match, obviously. Um, okay. Yes. So what uh, what stood out for you there? What um. What did you What did you see that well, uh, you noticed in that game? First of all, even as a fan, uh, not not a fan of either City or Liverpool, I have to say I think this is the biggest game in the Premier League, right? In the, like this last couple of years, I think it's it's in terms of powerhouses and um, the football. It is it really is a creme de la creme of the Premier League. It's it's just always. I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I think that's a game everybody looks forward to watching. Yeah, I think over the because, past five and, years, and definitely. The, I think so. Um, and I and I, what stood out for me is just, um, well, I wouldn't say Liverpool's to that that the same level as they were a couple of years ago when they had Mane and and Robertson was there, and I know they're missing him, but in terms of that peak. Liverpool squad of the lot maybe the four years ago I don't think they were that up for it even though the, the scoreline they played really well I'm not taking anything away from it but City did control a lot of the, uh, the ball and, and the game for a lot much longer period of the game but honestly the tempo the overall tempo and speed of that game there is no game like that there's no game I've seen not honestly not, not no no a classico nothing no Juve Inter nothing just the pure tempo of that team that like that game is is incredible and just and then it, you know i go down this rabbit hole when i watch these, this game just i go down the physicality i mean how fit must these players be it's just it's insane they just non-stop running high press you know i i mean yeah. just incredible tempo that's the one that really stood out for me that it was that tempo of the the, the usual liverpool city games of the last few years and and it's honestly good to see yeah, definitely. Uh, I, th- I definitely agree that the tempo is very high, super high intensity, um, which is the nature of the Premier League, obviously, but just these two yeah. teams as well, the way they go at it after each other. And just like drawing comparison to like the Serie A game, for example, which was also top of the number one versus number two, you may enter. And just yeah. the difference in sort of the style of uh, of play between the between the top teams in the league. Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, like watching, you know, even watching Spurs, uh, Spurs Villa, and then after, you know, a few hours later watching Juve enter, it's just like, it's, it's completely different feeling to the game. Completely um, different. Absolutely. Which, yeah, you know, obviously, Syria you're absolutely well, right there. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, and obviously about the Syria, nature of the Premier League. Sorry, yeah. Juve enter, obviously, like there's, a, I mean, there was a lot of. There's stuff there that you don't maybe don't see as much in the Premier League, which is which are not nice things that you see that you don't normally see in the Premier League because of the high intensity that Premier League has. So it's not to say that you know one style is better than the other, obviously, but um, yeah. I guess the Premier League ones are more, yeah, they're just more intense, right? So uh, and the atmosphere is in the stadium as well, so that obviously plays a role. But, but it's it's, yeah. it's also it's it's like intense of the intense, right? Like you have it, Premier League is already intense, and then you have two teams who are just generally intense, and then. Just like that, really, yeah. that top, the most intense, yeah, incredible yeah, and, tempo. Um, yeah, and for me yeah, in that ahead. game, uh, like obviously everybody, we associate Liverpool with gang pressing or counter pressing, right? So mm. pressing, applying pressure on the ball as soon as as soon as you lose possession of it. Um, but City really uh, beat Liverpool at their own game in that sense. Obviously, oh, yeah, it, obviously it was a draw in the end, but. Uh, um, right, it was a draw. No, yeah, 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 I'm remembering that correctly. <laughs> Just right? making sure after too many games um, this weekend. Yeah, you? exactly. Too many score lines. <laughs> too many goals. Too many goals called off. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Don't, don't remember don't, which ones. Don't. Which ones stood and which ones in it. But yeah. So in that in that part of the game, uh, City really just took it to them because I mean you saw like yeah. they. Um, you know, like the, I think I spoke about this before, is the the interchangeability specifically, like Akanji or Diaz, or yeah, Akanji or Diaz who step into midfield when when City are or have possession of the ball, and as a result, when City are like in Liverpool's box or on top of Liverpool's box, Akanji is also there, 
which you know you wouldn't think yep. it to be. So, and whenever they would lose the ball, it would just be in such a high, intense pressure on Liverpool to stop them from launching a counterattack, and they did well, it. They did it quite. City and they did, did it, it and, and it resulted well. in a goal, right? I mean, who was who gave the assist to Haaland? It was Nathan Aki. Yeah, great yeah. little move, by the way. Great, well, great was, little show of yeah. feet. But that was a, yeah. that was a Allison error, right? And it, and he, he like completely yeah, it was an Allison error. But think a... how high Aki was in the pitch. To I mean, immediately as the ball, he immediately as Allison miskicked the ball, it just went up, right? It went really high up, and then it just sort of came. Really went yeah. ninety degrees up and then ninety degrees up, but yeah. immediately as the ball went up, you just saw the city city team just woof, just attack, just constrict them into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah really good point. Every actually. time, um, um, yeah, every every yeah, single yeah, yeah. time. And uh, um, obviously, Liverpool had some success in the counterattacks at at some time at, at times, but yeah, City really, um, it was just crazy how they had like it was like. When the ball was in Liverpool's box or on top of Liverpool's box, City had it was like they were they had two like on the halfway line, one in front of them, and then uh, and then seven players just on the top of the the box, just ready to to, yeah. to press. Um, so that was very um, uh, distinct aspect of the game, I thought. Um, and and th- and this is what I and this is uh, sorry, and, and this is what I meant before. Like I mean. Previously, right, it was really 50-50. If, if not, in the, I'm going to say previously in a couple of years before when Liverpool had the, uh, the previous magnificent squad, it, it was maybe even a little bit more Liverpool high-pressing City. And and City just doing really amazing with Kevin De Bruyne passes to direct passes through. But this is what I meant to say, that it will, Liverpool are just that tad off still, that level they were back then. Still a great game, still held their own to some level, but... I think, yeah, based on what you just said as well, it just shows that Liverpool just a little bit behind that level they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't know if they're, I don't know if I would say they're behind or I think they, they've just, they've changed a bit. Um, obviously, they changed people in the squad as well. So I think they've just, they've had to yeah. adapt a bit. Um, uh, but like, you know, next game they play, it could be, it could easily be Liverpool that are, that are putting, that are, uh, applying a, a counter pressure more than City, so I don't. I'm. I'm yeah. I, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't say. Don't. Don't know if it, if it's because they're off the mark of it, um, but mm-hmm. but because I think it was more tactical because like for for example, at Kanji going in midfield, uh, I think I think Liverpool were okay with with the situation to a certain extent. Obviously, they would have had like to have had a bit more success uh, when they win the ball, but I think they were okay yeah. with it because what it did was. Akanji would step into midfield, um, and it would leave Nunez one v one with Diaz in a in a in a in a transition. So if Liverpool win it, if they were able to find that sort of first pass forward, uh, or if they were able to bypass City's pressure uh, in the counter press, then they were yeah. in in pretty favorable situations with Nunez and uh, Nunez one v one with Diaz. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's like it's just like a risk reward thing, you know. You're gonna have to risk something uh, in of order course. to gain something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in the end, it was uh, obviously uh, it it balanced balanced itself out. They cancel each other out, I guess. Took a point. Yeah, each. and 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 another thing that stood out for me, just to move on, because I think this is an interesting one. I mean, the the media narrative of Doku, who's a, actually. If he keeps his head on him, that kid is going to be really good. <laughs> uh, he could be really good. But um, how he was supposed to... I mean, if I don't know if you heard it or listened, it was into Sky Sports and generally the, the media narrative around that game that how Doku was destroying Trent Alexander-Arnold and um, during the game and he was beating him nonstop and so on and so on. Um, a, wasn't the case. I think Trent Alexander held his own and then goes and scores a lovely goal um even though Salah got the assist as well Salah had a quiet game but what a play- I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is, is, is going to be I think one of a one of the England greats players um really good very smart very talented still relatively young um it was just wanted to highlight Did Trent Alexander-Arnold because I no so they were the boots he was wearing Adidas there it's a it was an unreleased pair of Adidas boots of a new, new, um, new brand of predator that mimics the old school predators. 
So it's like a newer, it's like a modern version of the old school Predators. And they're very nice, I must say. They're very nice. I thought they're they were very nice boots. Okay, um, I'm going to... So for those yeah, sneakerheads out they've there, got, yes, they've got, we, the, uh... they've got the they've got the predators, not sneakerheads. We mean football. Yeah, football players. So the so the, they have the new predators, like the you know for the new yes. generation sort of thing that they've you know without the some without the laces I think and stuff like that. But they released so this one's got the tongue and everything. Uh, you know the tongue oh. that, that goes over. So like old school, oh, yeah, beautiful. yeah. So they've so they've so they've made a new predator, but within the old school uh, style, let's say. Um, and he was wearing them, and they're unreleased. And yeah, he scored a goal with them, so it's not bad. But yeah, they're nice. Uh, anyways, yeah, because I noticed that in the game. Oh, I've like, been thinking, like, what uh, boots are those? I'm like, what? I have not seen those before. And then I saw oh, later like a post on you. social media. It's an unreleased pair of. Uh, Are they those? Wait a minute! Like the white, they're white, right? I'm just take, checking them out now. Yeah, I think oh, they're white. Nice. They're white and red. Yeah, and you see the uh, the tongue. Oh, the tongue the, on and the little well. rubber flap, rubber thing around the rubber um, uh, loop that holds the tongue down as the well. The tongue. It seems. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It has yeah. the rubber as well, right? Like that used to put over under, like under yeah, the yeah, studs. Yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole, <sighs> the whole, the whole old school tongue. Yeah. So, amazing. Lovely boots. We Audie and I grew yeah, up playing with lovely these boots. boots. Lovely boots, but Adidas. What's going on, man? You run out of ideas and you have to go back to the past. You knew there's no school like the old school. What's hey, going on, Adidas? Ev- yeah, huh? exactly. Everybody, everybody wants to bring. The I, I agree back. with it, but but just to, let's admit. Let's admit though, there's no school like the old school. You can have all these fancy synthetic things, and that's why, for like honestly, that's why, for instance, um. A f- my friend literally just bought uh, the Adidas Adidas Mundial boots. I mean, those are like eighty years old design, <laughs> still holding their own leather the boots. Co- the Copa, still Copa holding Mundial. their own Copa Mundial. Wow, yeah. yeah. No, those are yeah. We'll forever, do a definitely. we'll do a football boot. Classics. We'll do a football boot episode when the football finishes in next summer. <laughs> when we need some content, we'll do it. All right, let's move on. This is going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's hurting still. Um, next game we're analyzing is Tottenham Hotspur versus Aston Villa. <sighs> painful. Uh, it's painful. And uh, to give you a little bit of insight um, of a fan's mindset, at least my mindset, is uh, <laughs> when, when we lose a game, when we, win, when we win games, I listen to three Tottenham podcasts. Um, and I listen to them and I, yeah, I listen to them throughout the week and then watch the next game. When we lose, I listen to nothing. <laughs> I, I'm too distraught to listen to any form of review of the game, but, um, I'll, I'll drop it to you first. Let's, what did you think of the Spurs Villa game? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good game. Actually, uh, a lot of chances, a lot of back and forth. It was, uh, um, yeah, t- I think uh, it resembled two teams that were, you know, obviously, what one point difference in the table, right? Uh, at the before going into the game. Yes. Um, yes, I think so. It's Villa, obviously, in a good moment and trying to to make something out of the season and sort of prove a point and and uh, I guess you know replicate what Newcastle managed to do and sort of disrupt the the top of the table. Um, and then Spurs, obviously, who have had a, a great start to the season, but have had, you know, last few games, I guess, this, you start to see just the, um, you know, negative circumstances, you know, which is going to happen to any team mm-hmm. throughout the season at some point um, with injuries and, and all that stuff. Uh, and so, you know, technically, you you would say Spurs, obviously, favorites on paper, but uh, again, going into the game, it, w- considering the context that each team and the circumstance that each team is in, then it was always, I think, going to be a super uh, competitive game uh, and open and two teams that were mm-hmm. just taking it to the other team to try and win. And that's what you saw. So re- really entertaining. Um, and in terms of like, in terms of tactically, um, I tried to focus on rest defense for all these games because <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> rest defense last the last episode, but uh, I did. Yeah, I, I was going to say a shout out to anybody listening. Anybody listening to this episode first and and not listen to our previous ones? Go to our previous ones. Uh, we have a little bit of a coach 
coach uh, talk by Audi, who teaches us and educates our us fans a little bit on the football secrets and terminologies. And the one was rest uh, offense and rest defense, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, you were yeah. focusing on that then during this game. Well, I was I was trying to focus on all of them, but it, it just wasn't as I didn't. <laughs> it didn't come up as it didn't come up as something as uh, as interesting to to sort of talk about. But I mean, for what it's worth, I'll just mention. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, there were times, especially in the first half, where Spurs had possession of the ball in the in Villa's half of the pitch, and all ten players were, or all eleven players were behind the ball for Villa. So you know, there was no one yeah. in rest attack for Villa. They were all behind the ball, um, and you just left sort of Davies and Royal centrally as like neutral support slash rest defense, and uh, and yeah, Udogi and Poro very high up the field, um, or you sometimes had Davies and Royal um, in a zonal rest defense two v one with uh, who I guess uh, Watkins. Watkins or uh, or maybe yeah. um, what's his name uh, number nineteen Diaby. Was it Diaby? Diaby? Yeah. In the fir- Diaby uh, yeah. was in the first one, half. Yeah. One, of, one of the two, yeah, in the first half. Um, yeah, and then, you know, Hoiberg and Los Celso were in front of them as sort of two two central players in front of them. Um, Hoiberg on the right, Los Celso on the left. And if the, whenever the ball went from right, was on the right side, Hoiberg would go and support uh, and sort of leave that central zone to go and support on the right side. And Los Celso mm-hmm. would come in centrally to cover him. And the same thing, and when it switched over to the left, Loselso would go and Hoiberg would come in and cover in the inside. Um, so yeah, I yeah. just want to touch on the on the on the the rest defense uh, part of it. Uh, the other thing was uh, how I was I liked how Spurs really overload the central zone of the field, uh, especially in their build up. So if they're approaching the halfway line and they're and they're still they still have possession of the ball with their center backs, um, how they try and build up, they put so many players in the central zone um, and leave, you know. Certain players out wide, whether it's Brian Hill or or Dougie or um, uh, Kulusevski, uh, Johnson on the right, um, yeah. And you would have literally you'd have you'd have Bentancur, Lo Celso, um, in the, sort of in the middle as two as two deep deep support players. Um, and you've had you'd have Poro coming inside, who's a, who's, a, who's right back, and he'd be coming inside centrally, almost like an inverted winger, but just to just to occupy mm-hmm. and, and push push the um villa wingers inside um and then you'd have kulusevski and udogi as well and hill and johnson were were a lot of times the wide players um and you they would just play one pass into midfield to just sort of suck in all the villa midfielders towards Mm -hmm. the ball um and then play it back to the center back and then they immediately go out wide and then just go straight forward from there and be as as direct as possible and i think it was like in the well it was like in the second second minute where the chance for with Udogi where he he, he tried to lob the keeper or something right and went over the bar. It was exactly. No, he what didn't happened. try. That's exactly what. No, that's a, that's exactly what not did not happen. He tried to he tried to pass it into the goal because Martinez came out. Yes, it's in the second minute, and he tried to do his right foot instead of just using his left foot to lob just lob him. Don't understand. Don't understand. But yeah, yes, I mean, keep he's, going before, he's before not I a, go on my little he's not a, fan, Tottenham a, fan rabbit hole uh, rant. What we would call a clinical goal scorer, yes. <laughs> um, no, he's but, not. But and, point, and, and, my, that's the, and that's the risk with... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish off. And then I'll, I'll just, go. My, just point being, if you go back and look at that, that play from the beginning, you'll see exactly what I was yeah. talking about is, is uh, overload midfield, play a pass into midfield just to play it back out. So it seems like a, a useless mm-hmm. pass. Like, why are you playing it there if you're just going to give it give it back to him, right? But what yeah. it does is you, defenders have to respect where the ball is. So as soon as the ball goes into that, into midfield, they have to come in, pop it right back out, and then now there's more space on the on the on the wing. And I think it was to who was it I don't to isolate who, right the wing. Yeah, to well to to give to 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 create more space on the wing. So then we can we can that's where mm-hmm. we can progress up the field from. So we have to find a way to to be okay. able to advance up the field, and so. Um, yeah, they, they create, the space was created very well out wide. And then it was it was played, I forget who it was played to, but it was played out wide immediately. They had time and space to sort of turn and look up and be able to play the pass behind into into it. Um, but yeah, so that, so, so very, uh, I like the, I like the way Spurs, uh, Spurs do that in, in their, yeah. in their, uh, in the, in the way they play. I, and, and, and I think we, it's, it is amazing actually um, how we, didn't get something out of that game because 
it, it is cruel the cruel luck of football and 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 it's it's it that pressing as you say and and how intense we were um with that shoe-strung team in a way i'm not saying there weren't some good really good players in there but did you know essentially Adi, just so you understand that performance and even though people say it's our third loss and that's really bad right it really hurts that it's our third loss in a row we technically played with four four fullbacks and four wingers our defense was made out of four fullbacks we had uh udogi right left left back then you have uh davies who's technically left back also played center back but definitely technically left back played center back emerson played next to him and right center back and then you have poro so you have four fullback playing in defense and then you had four wingers you had son johnson kulusevski and brian Hill playing <laughs> i mean yeah it, and then yet postek postek still manages to install instill in them that high press aggressive veracity of football is impressive and and i'm and 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 i'm not the i'm really i don't think i'm the only one but it's i'm all in with postacoglu if he can for the long term we're we're completely okay i don't i really it hurts that it's a third loss it it, son had three offside goals three offside goals um we just didn't take our chances but um yeah, I, I, I have I no worries about Tottenham as it goes forward. But for the game itself, we just have to be more clinical. That's exactly what I was thinking. If we're not scoring these chances, it's going to come back to bite us. It came to back to bite us. We gave away a needless foul right before the end of the first half. Goal. And then, um, yeah, just, just some bad defending. Um, yeah, we, we miss it. we're missing our starting centre-backs. It really hurts now. It really hurts. But... You're absolutely right. Uh, Ollie Watkins, by the way, what a player. Really like him. Um, I've been saying for a while that we should, Tottenham should have gone for him, even maybe last year or year before that. I think he's going to become a very, very good player. Um, but yeah, he's really, really good. And Villa's a good team overall. A bit dirty, to be honest. They got three yellow cards in the first half, which is... There wasn't a foul, anything that was red, I wouldn't say. The Matty Cash was an orange, <laughs> the one between the red and the yellow. But very a lot of technical fouls and and it wasn't good to see actually, but um, again can I just say as well this is also the beauty of the Premier League like we when we're discussing where this Newcastle Chelsea or Spurs Villa that goes into this podcast um, I knew Spurs Villa was going to be a great game but what also like intense exciting. Uh, when people say like, and we try to focus outside the Premier League, but it's difficult. It's difficult when you have the fourth and the fifth place position playing each other, and they play football so much more exciting, more much more exciting than other leagues' top games. Let's say it like that. Um, it's 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 hard. It's hard not to be biased towards the Premier League. But yeah, just a little <laughs> respect there for the Premier League. But, um, um, so so just before we move yeah. on to the next game, uh, the. Um, the and, I, and this is not not getting into a VAR thing, but the there were how many goals were called off for offside in that game? The three total. Villa no, had I one. just know no. Watkins had one. Son had three. So let's say at least four. No, uh, Diaby, right? The first goal, the header in the first half, he got called off offside. No, Watkins was what? Watkins got called offside. No, was it? Anyway, so so. Yeah, it was what total that game. Uh, it was uh, there four, were, there were four, four. four offside. Yeah, so yeah, at least that, that I can remember goes as well to show that uh, the 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 just the tiny margins and and like Spurs could have had yeah you know you could have three goals that game actually an extra three goals that game or Villa could have had an extra goal that game just from just in a, in a matter of being just two steps or one step further back or you're or one you know inch further back you know and you you all of a sudden you can have yeah. you can have all you know more goals in that game so it, it's just as well like and i don't think i think all of those offside calls were you know i don't think anybody's gonna criti- no. criticize the decisions obviously listen so so yeah. ju- so just point being is that like you know if, if we say let's say they're all the right call so that's four goals that were not given because uh you know the 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 attacker was a step too early to to start making a run forward or 
the yeah the the player passing the ball was played it passed it you know a split second too late so just these tiny yeah. margins about you know how how it could make a huge difference in the game you're talking about three goals being disallowed because of the smallest of of margins four four four, four. yeah yeah four four, four four three for tottenham score would have been score would have been four three <laughs> <laughs> that just gives you from two one to the uh, the score would have been four three for Tottenham if the, every single one of those goals stood. Um, to be honest with you, just a last word because we do have to move on. I think the linesman's time in the in the football is dying out, pointless. It's becoming their role is becoming honestly as a, as an offside tracker is becoming pointless. Maybe as a referee to help for fouls there to cover help cover the referee cover more ground. Yeah, but. Honestly, they because they just let play run. They let the play run. They don't. They let the play run. You see them. They let the play run because they know they're covered by VAR. As an as an offside tracker, the linesman, the whatever second, third official, whatever you want to call the official name, is 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 dying out. It really is. I, I think so. Anyway, it hurts. Let's move on to a game to show to also to our audience that we're not just Premier League focused, but we also like to watch all types of football including the Italian Serie A. Juventus, Inter, top two placed teams in the Serie A playing against each other. Very different to the Premier League. Very different, don't you think? Well, what stood out for the game for you? Uh, yeah, definitely very different to the Premier League, obviously. Um, for me, I mean, really just the... It's just that that stood out to me is the is the difference between that and the Premier League and the qualities that you see in a Serie A game that that you don't see in the Premier League or maybe elsewhere as well is the first of all the two the two goals I mean amazing goals just both of them were just absolutely Oof. beautiful beautiful goals Oof. Um, and just the which one, just what, the which one was your favorite though I know both beautiful but which one did you like more It also shows what type of fan somebody is when they. they which one did you like more, if you remember them? I would, in terms of the finish, um, I would probably put Martinez's uh, above first. But yeah, I, I mean, just in terms of the finish. But the the goals, I mean, they're both just beautiful, um, and yeah. just the level of the the technical intricacy that these tech, that these Italian teams have is just is just so like mesmerizing, so amazing to watch. Um, the way they what, just connect. Explain with each that other. a bit for. Explain that a bit for me. Explain that a bit for me. What What, what do you mean by that as well? Like, it's also far fans, but I'm, I'm I'm curious as well. Like, I I hear the Italian league is always like technically difficult and and intricate. What, what What do you What do you mean that from a coach's perspective? I think they they play, they execute much more technically difficult skills um, uh, in 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 their play. So like specifically passing and connecting with with each other uh the way they the way they do it i think mm -hmm. is just very is is very high level um like you know playing uh playing passes around the corner right when, when around the corner being like uh ball comes into me there's a defender on my back and i just sort of i just sort yeah. of uh i just sort of play it around the defender to the next to my striker the next guy higher up the field you know with this little like cute clever little little uh little skill um and you see a lot of that you know, a lot of that uh, in the in the in italian teams uh in italian in an italian football in the style of play um they're just they're just very good very good technically um and the first mm -hmm. touch you know it's it's uh uh you know the 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 distance of their first touches and the direction of the first touches are just so good um, and they're just able to connect with each other so much better. Like if you watch just a sequence of, of like of Inter's build up, well, on an occasion where yeah, they started say in the their Inter own goal. half, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just such a super intricate sequence, um, and yeah, it's just it's just such a such a, a joy to watch that uh, and refreshing. It's interesting, because, yeah, because you go you Sorry, go from the Premier League that's super super intense and everything to to a much more sort of. Uh, intricate way of playing and it's just uh it's yeah you know it's very it's very refreshing to watch as well and just uh, just amazing amazing goals as well just uh just so good even the inter the, like, one was brilliant i i sorry just to cut in you know how many touches the inter goal was wait let me just confirm eight 
eight touches. Eight touches and they scored a goal from the goalkeeper from Summer. Just a slight note. And and it was a beautiful goal. That that's why I asked you which one was your favorite, because I think the into one was just the build up, man. One touch, one pass to Dumfries, one pass to um oh my god, from Dumfries to I forgot his name now. Excellent. Anyway. But yes, eight touches and then to Ram to right in beautiful goals. But yeah, it's um yeah, you wanted to finish one more. You had one more thought in your head regarding the game. Well, the, and then the, so like Juve's goal, for example, the uh, the and technically efficient, I should say as well, is like the Juve's goal, for example, when Kiesa yes. Kiesa got it on the well left said. side and he, and he and he was starting and he was he was running at the at the fullback or whoever the defender was and he was running at him and like Italian teams as well in defensively they're extremely disciplined and extremely efficient in their in their defending as well. And when the, when when Kiesa got the ball and he started running at the defender with the ball uh, on the left side, Oof. I forget who the I forget Oof. who the recovering midfielder was for for Inter, but he he came recovering as well at the at a, at a, the right speed and the right angle to be able to, to sort of force a two versus one against Chiesa, so to not let him mm-hmm. play a dangerous pass or anything. Um, and I was thinking at that in that time, yeah, okay, they're, they're defending this quite well, but still Chiesa found like this just the 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 thread of the pass into to Vlahovic uh to his feet on the on the sort of on the edge of the box uh which I wasn't expecting him to be, to to pick out that pass um so it's just yeah these again just technically just so efficient and so intricate uh and but yeah, you, so you get beautiful goals you two beautiful goals uh, the points I have here for the game is to, and, and let's start backwards. Kiesa, what a player. What yeah. a player. What a player. Incredible. I, 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 I was impressed with him, I think, in, um, I can't remember. I think I watched him a couple of years ago. I think it was Italy. And I was like, who is this kid? And it's just like, the, and you see the goal. I mean, and, and to be honest, I always confuse them with Barea. They look similarly. If you put them next to each other, you could see you could, and you didn't know they were. You wouldn't think they're. But Barella as well. These they're li- they have, they're like both engines, right? And but Kiesa, I think, is a little bit more technically capable. But amazing, just grabs the ball and just boom, straight direct into it. And 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 it's not always though. And I think this is. I I think I'm trying to start. I'm starting to understand what you mean by intricate because I'm trying to. I really watch the game closely, and. He didn't do that always. So it's not like he's a type of player who just grabs a ball and quickly runs at it. But he had the space. So he knew at that point that's the right thing to do. And I'm not saying maybe tech, it's not maybe the technical point of view, but more the from a wits point of view, understanding the game point of view that Kiesa realized, okay, I have loads of space. And it was just so direct. But um, I wanted to just the last, maybe one more thing I wanted to say about this game was with it, you know why I started enjoying Italian football a bit? Because it's, Premier League is intense, intense, intense. It's intense, but I love a little bit the chaos. And it, it, Italian football for me has these like this wavelength of settling down, intricate football, chaos, people falling, crying, shouting at the referee, settling down, chaos, settling down, chaos, settling down, chaos. <laughs> you have this like two, three minutes. Where everybody's like fouling each other and screaming, and and then no, no football's really being played, to be honest. And then and then they go back to it. And then there's another two, three minute where I don't know if they do it like as a break, but as long as the answer is like, there's no, there's no, yeah, the Premier League is like much more just keep going, keep going, forget the fouls a little bit. Um, but Italian has this little like, you know, rubbing, shouting, falling around. Um, yeah. But yeah, I found that quite funny. And, and I enjoy that. It's some part of it. I enjoy, I enjoy it. Um, and Italy got into the Euros, man. I think players with Ki- like <laughs> such as Chiesa, Barella, Acerbi, you know, like they have a, I mean, Barely if they're not, in. they don't end up being just barely gone in, but they they barely gone in. You're right, but they got in. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm I'm, in, I'm I'm cu- I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Italy. It's it's. I want it. Yeah, never know. Like, I mean, I they, won, they won. They won the, the Euros. Euros. Wait a minute. Yeah. They're they're the Euro holders. They are the yeah, Euro yeah, holders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the They won it last for you. Yeah. All right, Dodi. Let's do let's do our. Is this our favorite part of the show? I don't. Can we even say that? Is that even allowed to say on a podcast that one part of the, your sort of running segment on, on your podcast is your favorite? Does that, is that, um, I don't know what to say. yeah, it is, yeah, it is. Exactly. I like it. I like it. 
I like it. You know why? And, and just for the audience, we do not see each other's stats, but we try our best not to. And I can say I have not seen uh, the stats Audi has um, shared. So, and also if you are listening on Spotify, these are uploaded as video podcasts as well. So please do uh, take a look. Uh, YouTube as well. Let's go and take a look at Stat Time. I'm going to come up with a song, Audi, for Stat Time during I Christmas. Think a, I'll come I think up with a Christmas little, jingle. Uh, I think that's a good little, um, what would you call little, that? Um, what you just did? I don't know. Mood setter. <laughs> sure. sure. Let's, let's go with that. All right. It's definitely stat got me in the for some stats. <laughs> stat Time. <laughs> All right, Adi, did you know that Reese James has featured in two Premier League victories, only two Premier League victories in the last calendar year? One was against nine-man Tottenham, and one was against the Bournemouth side on a nine-game winless run. Hmm. No, I did, I did not know that. Um, two Premier League victories in the last calendar year. Well, that's, uh, that's not good, he, is it? He's only two, <laughs> and Chelsea in the last calendar year, only, they only won seven without him. So, it, <laughs> so is it? So is it? So is it? It's more about Chelsea, just not being good. Is that just what it is? Crap. <laughs> right. But I mean, like seriously, just won two games in the last calendar year. Essentially, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, that's and he got um, sent off is, this weekend. And he got crazy. sent off. Yeah, because he keep getting sent off, Reese. But anyway, and uh, I think it's just important, like uh, that they played against a nine-man Tottenham. And I love how the Chelsea fans are like loving it. You played against nine men and you don't stop being so happy. And also Bournemouth, <laughs> who was on a nine game winless run, beat them. <laughs> like, it's just Chelsea's terrible. <laughs> um, Spain won the 2010 World Cup, scoring just eight goals. Really? How many, how many Wait, games the, are in a World Cup? Well, you have three. Three in the group stage, seven, seven. right? Three, round of sixteen, quarterfinal. I think yeah. it's more. I think it's six or seven. You're somewhat. You're right. Seven, I think it's six seven. or seven. Three, three in the group stage. One for the round of sixteen. One for the quarterfinal. One for the semifinal. One for the final. Yeah, yeah. So, so seven. Oh, okay. Hmm. Just a go, just averaging more, the, a little bit more than one goal per game. But look at that team! Look at that team! <laughs> yeah, that team should have been way <laughs> like banging goals. Torres, look at that! You have Torres, you have uh, David Villa, Chabi. Um, they probably had like ninety percent uh, possession for the whole tournament. Probably, probably, Something probably. Like that. I mean, I looked at the score lines. I mean, they played Portugal. They beat them one 0 They they lost the first game, I think, to Switzerland. Um, but that was the just, Spanish. Way, they, they sort of, yeah. That was a Spanish. That was a peak. Gold, golden era, right? I mean, when they won the oh yeah, Euros, World Cup, yeah, Euros. yeah, yeah. Um, Euros, World Cup, Euros. Yeah, exactly. And how efficient, huh? Eight goals. Yeah. All right. What now? Now we're going to Audi stats, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm excited to see what we have coming up. Forgot what forgot so, what they are. To be honest with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's a new injury study done. <laughs> new injury study okay. done by um, I forget what uh, what company it was like an independent insurance company or something that did this. Anyways. Uh, okay. Yeah. So first one. Go on. So let me read it out. Mid-season of the 2022 World Cup led to players in Europe's top five leagues spending an average of eight days longer on the sideline in the months after the tournament. So they're spending 11.35 days pre-World Cup on the sidelines on average. And after, they're spending 19.41 days post-World Cup. So, yeah, impact of the mid-season World Cup on players in Europe's top five leagues. So... Clearly, an increase in uh, in injuries uh, and uh, longer, so longer, longer injuries. So being sidelined for a longer period of time. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay, go ahead because these are, I guess, are all connected. 
Then the next one says the English Premier League and German Bundesliga had 23.6% and 14.8% of players competing in the World Cup respectively, and they saw the biggest impact on rates of injury. Bundesliga. Hmm. I mean, the Premier League I expected, um, but the Bundesliga I did not, actually. That's well, it's just interesting. A, it's just the, I mean, it's just a matter of that the, the fact that there was a World Cup in the middle of the season. Yeah. Obviously, the Premier League is going to be hit the hardest, probably. But I mean, the, just like the previous stat said, it's Europe's top five league. So I mean, it's going to it takes a toll on everybody. It's, no, but this know. this is saying that first the the the, the number of the World Cup players, the league that provided the most World Cup players was the Premier League, and then the Bundesliga. That's oh, right. Had competing in the World Cup, yeah, had the biggest. So fourteen point eight percent of the players that play in the World Cup coming from the Bundesliga is. I mean, it's pretty impressive. I did. I thought the Spanish would be easily second. Um, okay, interesting. The Premier League. I mean, but you I see, knew, just as well, who, the, who, the, the correlation between the sorry. between the number of players that were playing in the World Cup and the, the impact on the rates of injuries afterwards. Oh yeah, right? for so sure. Clear. No, clear, I, uh, I mean correlation. It was so obvious it was going to happen for the Premier League. It was a disaster for the Premier League. It really was. It was just. Destroyed. It was. They already have overloading the whole Christmas season, which they had to pack in. Uh, anyway, what's the next one? Whoop! Jump to. There has been an increase in injuries of up to fifteen percent this season in comparison to the last four Premier League campaigns. And you have a little uh, image of a knee, like a little person, little bones. And the knee is, is it knee injuries mainly? Is there something there? Are you are you hinting there was, that for there my? Was, uh, no, I'm not hinting anything. That's just for uh, for appearances. But uh, the okay. there was there was more in, in depth stats to it as well that I had I didn't put up just because didn't want to put too many up. But there was uh, I think hamstring, ankle, uh, and calf. I think were the three most uh, impacted or the three calf the, saw the biggest the biggest increase. Um, does, yeah. does this so, correlate with just the number of games, in, just the, in, the number of games being played by teams? Is this uh, does this directly correlate to that? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely the number of games. Um, I think so, right? The, yeah, and the the, I guess the uh, lack of uh, lack of attention given to the work to rest ratio, so the rest that they're able to have. Um, mm. Um, so yeah. I mean, so do you think the coaches sure. are also to blame slightly here? Um, like the managers, way. do you think they're also slightly to blame that they're not really resting their players enough potentially? Yeah, but how can, but can how they? Gonna, the question how are you going to rest they? your players if you have a game two days later? That, well, that's the whole point. Is that they're not? No, able I'm not to... saying that. No, I, I, I. Right, right. No, I, I, I know the number of games is the main 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 factor but i wonder if for instance the scenarios that coaches would maybe bring them into training to instill some tactical elements that they want to instill and maybe it would have been better to rest the players that's that's sort of the thinking i was well i mean but no for sure it must be the number the management teams have i mean their sports science departments can basically tell you like almost on a dime like when how many minutes a player can be can play in this game before they pull their hamstring like it can it can be down very very accurately uh, measured, um, okay. And and yeah, and, and managers obviously they want to have fit squads, so there's no incentive to to play a player when uh, when he shouldn't play, right? Um, but when the games get to a certain point that it's so many, it's it becomes almost impossible to rotate every, the entire yeah. squad efficiently and and avoid them. Um, so. So yeah, I mean, now you can argue. Obviously, some maybe some teams, their sports science departments, they're just in the medical departments. They they're maybe made mistakes and they miscalculated things, and so right. they, yeah, maybe so decision the wrong decisions were were made. But I think that's that's not the norm. I think those are more the exception. I think the norm is definitely uh, just the yeah suffocating the, the players in terms of uh, the amount that they play. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're just humans; they're not machines, so. <laughs> So it comes at the end of the day, it comes, it's as simple as that, really. That's true. All right. Next one. I think it's the last one. This is Did the last you one. Did you know if a freak 
Did you know if a free kick is free kick is kicked directly into team's own goal, the position is not rewarded a goal but a corner. So if it's a free kick and you're on the pitch and I kick it into my own if goal. It's a, if it's a direct it's free a, kick, yeah, and you kick it into your own goal, it's your free kick, it's your direct free kick. And that's a ridiculous you, rule. What you the kick hell? It into your own goal. It's not a. It's not an own goal, but it's a. Instead, it's a corner, because the what, the reason what? why is because <laughs> the reason why is because um, uh, well, so yeah, so I mean, it's it's because the yeah, actually, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the reason was, why is I don't know I was, why. I was going to say that it's because it's because it's it's indirect, but I don't think this I don't think this um, this counts for indirect. I think this is for indirect free kick. So yeah, so it's interesting. It's like it's, it's, like, the, it's like the goal line is part of the. It's just part of the. It's all one byline. So the goal is not the the, the, yeah. the goal line counts as the byline. Yeah, but if if but the, okay. the addition to that rule is that if it were to be if it were to be touched by another player before entering the goal. Before entering your own goal, it's a then goal. it would then it would be a goal. Then it's a goal. Interesting. That's a crazy rule. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think okay. that's it. So, some honorable that's mentions. That's interesting. We had two, to... two honorable mentions. Uh, Holland right. for the City Liverpool game. Holland the fastest to fifty goals in Premier League history. Yes. In 40, in, that's also, in, in, yeah. in 48, 48 games. Second was Andy. Next was is Andy Andy Cole in sixty four games, so he did it in okay sixteen sixteen games left in the ne- sixteen games left than the next than the the next than the previous record holder. So yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, Liverpool had have the most points gained from being after being behind in the score. So being behind in the score, they went they've gone on to gain the most points, um, which. They went on to earn one, I guess. It was because City went up first, right? City went up 1 0. Yeah. Then Liverpool equalized. All right. Little honorable stat times. <laughs> All right. I lo- I'm loving this segment. I'm loving this segment. But it's, I have to say, it's becoming more increasingly difficult to find interesting stats. But uh, we'll keep hunting. We'll keep <laughs> hunting. Um, All right. Well, that was an interesting episode. There was a football packed weekend we discussed some great games we looked at some good stats uh italian league let's go i'm enjoying watching you spanish la liga come on get your get your stuff together you you rebranded your logo thinking that's gonna do anything it doesn't do anything come on get your let's go um you need to pick it up but um thank you everybody for listening to the coach versus fan podcast thank you audi for your time and being there and just just your your immense knowledge in that beautiful head of yours and um yeah please don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel follow us on uh spotify and apple podcasts and yeah we'll see you next week on the coach versus pan podcast thank you everybody thank you see you guys enjoy your footy